it's Jamie Calabrese with Light at the End. Thank you so much for being here for our first official episode. Today I want to talk about how important it is to take care of yourself so you can show up in the best possible way for the people you love. Because most of us don't prepare for loss, we don't even like to think about it, it hits us hard. We know that there will be dips in our lives and maybe none more painful than losing someone we love deeply. And so we must prepare as best we can for these times. In order to process and move through your own overwhelming emotions, you need reliable wellness tools that work for you. Ones you can go back to over and over again. I know firsthand how important this is because I became ill when I experienced an intense wave of loss. I had regular spells where I would stand up and walk around trying to catch my breath. It was like I was drowning every single day for months. It was stress, you guys. Even if you don't get sick, if you don't acknowledge and work through the sadness and pain that comes with loss, it will come knocking on the door. It may show up as mood swings, sleep disorders, or any number of unhealthy ways. That is why I'm so thankful to have Jackie Shavluski, my wellness coach, here with me today. Jackie has been a massive support in my life, helping me navigate all the beautiful highs and intense lows that life has thrown at me. Today, we are going to talk about tools to help support your emotional wellness at all times so you can make it through the toughest of times. Jackie is a certified wellness coach in Boulder, Colorado, and a truly good and wise person. I trust her more than just about anyone. I know you will enjoy your time with her and you will walk away feeling inspired. So without further ado, here we go. Thank you for being here, Jackie. It's so nice to have your warm and comforting presence as we record this first episode. Oh, Jamie, I'm so honored to be here, truly, and feel really privileged that that you would ask me to join you in this project that I think can be so helpful. I'm really excited to talk to you today about some of the things that you have helped me through personally. Mm-hmm. And for me, Whenever going through deep loss, there were a lot of overwhelming feelings that came up, and I had a difficult time navigating those. And I would like to talk today about how we can reach a place of emotional wellness. Well, I'm really taking that in and recalling that for many, many people, there is an aspect of understandable stress and overwhelm that can occur in the face of a loved one going through end of life difficulties, end of life stages, chronic illness. From the wellness coaching perspective, I think of that place of you or another individual saying, this is where I feel myself to be. And this is where I'm hoping I could be because of my desire to be present with this loved one and not run away and not avoid and not 
become ill myself if I can help it. And so that desire to be able to see what might I practice or incorporate to help me to establish a ritual or routine in a healthy way of what that emotional hygiene might be. When I was going through some of the hardest times, and I can share with everyone now that I lost my best friend, Allison, and it was very difficult because she was young and she had breast cancer and she wasn't ready to go and I wasn't ready for her to go. And I wanted to show up for her and to be able to help her find some peace. And I was having trouble finding that peace on my own. And I remember a conversation that we had where you said to me something like, you, in order to show up in the best way, you have to be your healthiest, best self. And so I shifted a little bit of the focus to myself, to my own presence, in order to be able to dig in more deeply with her also. And I'm just taking this moment with you for the deep breath here, Jamie, in you being willing to say that out loud and share it in this setting and in this venue, as I'm sure many of your your listeners might need a pause as they're amidst their, their own navigations and journeys in terms of presence that they may be attempting to cultivate with themselves to be able to then bring the, the quality of presence they would wish to with their loved ones. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as we sit here within this, you know, this word of presence, it feels like <laughs> there's so few letters in that word for how, how big a thing it actually is. And I don't want us to get didactic here, but I'm just thinking that there's a couple of things that you undoubtedly have heard. One of them is from the interpersonal neurobiologist, physician, psychiatrist, Dan Siegel, who's done a lot of writing on presence. His most recent book is actually called Aware. And I believe he states that presence is being open to what's happening as it's happening. And thinking of that in terms of your process, thinking of that for me in terms of my process, that there's this place of needing to ask myself, how do I do that with me? How do I practice the emotional hygiene that lets me be present, for example, with the nervousness that I was feeling this morning about coming on your podcast. <laughs> do, do, I, do I push that away with the Heisman Trophy hand and say, get away from me? How do I meet that? Because there's this place, and I know this has been a phrase that you and I have used together, the conduit rather than clog. The yes. conduit rather than clog. And so being able to be present enough 
with the self, with the emotions that come up, even with the thoughts that come up, with the physical sensations that come up, to be able to allow them, to acknowledge them. They alone do not dictate action, but they are happening. So how does one meet them? And different people have different recipes or different practices that they use to be able to meet them. Sometimes they discover they're less effective and that recipe needs to get tweaked a little right. bit. Sometimes it feels like, oh, this is really hard. I don't like it. And it's really helpful for me. I'm going to keep allowing it. Yes. And that made a huge difference for me trying all of these different tools on for size and seeing which ones really worked. And there were some that didn't resonate as much. And then there were some that really truly worked for me and that I continue to practice now mm. and, and think I always will. I mean, we always have things coming up in our life. We always have stresses. We always have worries and to be present with those things, to feel them, to let them flow through and move on mm -hmm. and to not settle in a place that is not healthy is so important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, you can push me back if I'm turning the tables in a way that's not what, what's helpful to you, Jamie, but it sounded as though you do have some recipe lines. What would you say your recipe lines are? One of the big ones for me is journaling. Uh -huh. And there are a couple of different things that I do. One is just writing down everything that's on my mind, trying to really feel into if I'm feeling sad or feeling angry, like where is this coming from and what mm -hmm. is it and, and getting it out and just writing it down. And something about that act of just moving it out of your brain that makes mm -hmm. a big difference, just even for a moment to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. And you might be able to speak to why that works for some people. The first thing I jump to is just resonance with you on that particular recipe item for cultivating within the self because it happens to be one that I use and honestly have used pretty regularly for a really long time. And I don't know if this would be similar for you, but one of the senses that that allows me, the, the physical act of writing in particular, and people might type if they want to and wonderful if that's the way that works for them in the journaling. For me, it's the longhand. It feels as though there's an integration that happens for me between body, mind, and spirit there. And that like you, I'm taking note of in attempting what we might call a mindfulness practice, acknowledging and noticing whatever it is that's coming up without judgment, just allowing it, breathing into it without forcing and seeing what then happens as we're present in that way. And it's as though the, the journaling piece in particular, for me, it helps me not feel alone. It's like, I am with me. Yes. <laughs> I yes. am with me. And sometimes there can be a connection there. 
And this, of course, depends on somebody's background and personal belief. And again, I'm speaking of my experience with it. For me, there's also a connection to the transcendent or what one might call the, the divine of their own understanding. Yes. And, and that comes through in the journaling. And so there's this quality of presence of, I'm going to use some of Dr. Siegel's language here, of being differentiated. I am who I am, but also sharing this linkage of, and I am also here, a part of this something that is, is bigger and interpersonal neurobiology says a lot more and a lot more deeply about that. But in that particular recipe item for cultivating presence and emotional hygiene, that's what I notice about one of the benefits of journaling for me. I am with me and something greater is with me. And maybe in that moment, a loved one who has passed is with me or a loved one who is still physically present, but is in the midst of their exit and is suffering from something like dementia. And I can say that's the experience I'm having with my mom here, but not here. In the journaling, I feel like we're there together. That's so beautifully said, Jackie. Hmm. I feel that it is so much more powerful than you would think it would be, right? It doesn't uh-huh. it doesn't seem like it can do all of those things that you yeah. just mentioned, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Taking it a step further, another practice along with the journaling, sometimes it feels good just to get it out and just to feel that connection and that presence like you said. Mm-hmm. But sometimes once you've really dug in to what is coming up for you, and and I found this helpful for me, is doing a practice, and you taught me the serenity prayer practice, uh, yeah. where I then list out the things that I can control and the things that I can't. And whenever I look at that list of the things that I cannot control, to take a deep breath and let them go. And let them go as best I can. And to, to know that someone is holding them, that like you said, the divine, whatever you believe in, someone is holding those things with me or for me, but there is nothing that I personally can do about them. Mm-hmm. And then on the things that I can control, taking some action. Action mm-hmm. for me feels really good. And mm-hmm. to so then go through that list and the things I can control, what can I control? What can I do? And writing those things out and then, you know, putting it on the calendar to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in fact, is it okay for me to say, Jamie, I believe that that's part of how this this beautiful podcast has actually been birthed <laughs> through, <laughs> yes. through you being able to become clearer about what's not in your control, what is, how you tell the difference, how you can influence it. And this is action that you have chosen. You've discerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, 
you're prompting for me, Jamie, this, let me find the, the words that might be most concise here. The additional benefit of whatever one's recipe might be, if it can include mindfulness, many people do this in a meditation kind of form. There's the wheel of awareness again that Dr. Siegel talks about, but this place of the taking the pause and allowing the breath to whatever extent the breath is initially there. Sometimes we start these things and it feels like my breath is getting to the base of my nostrils and it won't go any further. And okay, that's fine. That's where that is. So you start there. But that as you allow and as you take the pause, many people will discover that the breath can actually move deeper and in fact often does. And in the course of that, in the course of the allowing, there's this emotion that comes up or here's this thought that's here or, oh, here's this tickle that's here under my rib cage or whatever it might be. In, one, two, three, and out, one, two, three. The allowing of that lets there be added spaciousness so that there need not be impulsive reaction, that there's room for response. Yes. And hearing what you had to say there reminded me of those, those pieces also being so central to presence right? It's not somebody does these things and they turn into a ball of goo and jelly. No, you, you have these things as one has these things. And then there can be more room to actually make decisions that you can be intentional about. Yes. I think it would be nice if you're open to it for maybe to take a breath together mm-hmm. and invite anyone that's listening to join us to feel that spaciousness for a mm-hmm. moment. And so if you would with me, if we can just pause and take yeah. maybe two or three breaths together, let's say yeah. three breaths together what and a just idea. settle in and, and I'll feel that spaciousness together. So okay. let's go ahead and do that now. Okay. And just having that pause, for me, it helps to like open up and to let in more places that we can go. Mm. You just mentioned meditation being another one. Is that something that you practice regularly? It actually is. And my way of, of doing that includes 
it's an amalgamation of different kind of sources that I, I feel moved to combine together that best honors kind of who I am and where I'm at in this moment in my life. And I like to think of it as kind of a three-pronged meditation that for me includes prayer. It also includes elements from the Wheel of Awareness, again, from Dr. Siegel that's been around for some time now. And then also some of the practices from Tara Brock, who has a RAIN practice, which is just lovely, but it allows me in a really regular way to have something akin to these three, three breaths that you let us in, Jamie, to be able to have the pause, to be able to, without judgment, just notice in these different places of focused attention and then allowing and perhaps being curious with inquiring Oh, I see you there, sadness. What have you to tell me? And perhaps there is something that rises and then sitting and allowing with that. And again, for me, that's part of the exercises that together help me cultivate the experience of presence first with myself, to be able to bring in my work with my coaching clients, in the other elements of my life with, with my family, they help me to be able to show up. And if I know that there are these moments that I can take the breath, I can connect to the something bigger, I can be able to give myself more space inside. Then I can be with somebody without feeling like I have to know right now what I'm going to say next. Because if I'm doing that, I'm not really being present with the person who's with me. I'm being present with the concerns of my own mind telling me I better get it right. And this is what I need to say next. So knowing that there's going to be a place to do that kind of metabolizing, to do that kind of grounding, to do that kind of connecting can allow me to be able to be in the present and, and, and just be. Yes. You know, I don't know if you or your listeners would be interested in it, but third prong of my recipe with meditation and mindfulness is actually a poem. I like to say for me, a poem a day is medicine. And one of my very favorites is from the late and beautiful Mary Oliver. Would it be okay if I shared the one I read this morning? Oh, please. I would love for you to share that with us. Yes. Okay. Okay. And this is from an edition that she wrote, Why I Wake Early. I'm showing it to Jamie as we're recording this right here from Mary Oliver. It's also in some of her later anthologies, but this is where it first appeared in 2004. It's called Snow Geese. And Jamie, you can feel free to smile. I think you might've heard the first lines before. Oh, to love what is lovely and will not last. 
what a task to ask of anything or anyone, yet it is ours, and not by the century or the year, but by the hours. One fall day, I heard above me and above the sting of the wind, a sound I did not know. My look shot upward. It was a flock of snow geese winging it faster than the ones we usually see and being the color of snow catching the sun. So they were, in part at least, golden. I held my breath, as we do sometimes, to stop time when something wonderful has touched us as with a match which is lit and bright, but does not hurt in the common way, but delightfully, as if delight were the most serious thing you ever felt. The geese flew on. I have never seen them again. Maybe I will someday, somewhere. Maybe I won't. It doesn't matter. What matters is that when I saw them, I saw them as through the veil, secretly, joyfully, clearly. In, one, two, three, and out, one, two, three. That's just beautiful. And I think anyone that is listening can really feel that right now. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. The power of presence that allows us to really see ourselves, that helps us then have the differentiation, but the dissolution of self to fully see another and to be fully present with them. Me present with me can mean me present with you can mean, borrowing again from Dr. Siegel, us present with we. <laughs> that is his term yes. yes yeah I had not really ever practiced or talked about the act of presence mm -hmm. and to try it on for the first time in journaling felt so natural meditation is something that took a little bit longer Mm -hmm. And maybe we can speak to that a little bit. I would love to use some of our time about mm. not being intimidated about what meditation means. I feel mm -hmm. that can conjure up all kinds of pictures of people that are like, you know, really connected in some way that just doesn't feel natural to everyone, if that mm. makes sense. But one of the things I've learned is it's it's just presence and it can be a practice meditation of of sitting and listening to a guided 
meditation where someone talks you through breaths and talks you through a path. And it may be 10 minutes or it may be an hour, whatever you're comfortable with. But there's also just going for a walk or going mm-hmm. for a run without mm-hmm. headphones and without music to distract you mm-hmm. and to tell yourself, as I walk or as I run, I am going to settle in to my thoughts. I am going to be present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just really appreciate and also respect you noting that. It it moves me over to just analogy metaphor. And you mentioned at the beginning in the introduction that, yes, I live here in Boulder, Colorado. And Boulder, Colorado is really like a mecca for elite athletes of all sorts of sports. And if I thought the only way I was allowed to run or could run is to be at the pace of one of the very many Olympic runners or former gold medalists who live in our town or in the area, I would never put my sneakers on. I would never lace up. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I, I hear you. But when I can know that, look, there's a place for me too, at whatever pace I'm going, whatever form that I have. And I I think your words bring that up in regard to let there be a continuum for different forms of meditation as well. Yes, there are the elite athletes of meditation and different ways to do that. And there are meditation retreats and programs and instructors. Those can be all resources that somebody can decide to go to. If that is not accessible to someone, affordable to someone, you haven't been exposed to that before, and you're in a hospital room right now, feeling the stress of what it's like to be with this person who you love, who is in the midst of whatever illness or or departure that they are in. To your point, there can still be this moment where deep breath, and a decision to walk around the block that the hospital is on, providing, of course, it's physically safe, and to be able to set the intention of, I'm going to let myself just slow. I'm going to let myself just be here. I'm going to give myself a chance to metabolize what I have just been through for the last three hours in the hospital room with my beloved, whomever it is. That counts too. <laughs> yes. That counts too, even without it being a seven day meditation retreat, which at some point could be wonderful for somebody to enter into. But we don't have to count ourselves out because we are not yet with the elite of the meditation world. You can go on a walk and you can be able to be present and you can notice and you can acknowledge and you can breathe and you can not attach you can let that be. If there is only 30 seconds, there is still the opportunity for breath. If there are 10 days and wondering what to do, there's wonderful lists of accomplished, reputable meditation instructors who could lead one through a retreat. And there are many things in between. It's about allowing oneself to include that in the way that you have from what you've shared with our listeners today, 
because how that helps with your emotional well-being, with the maintenance of your emotional hygiene, and with your experience of presence. Yes. While I still have you, I would love if you just have any other ingredients as we've been talking about the recipe that you would like to share that maybe others might want to try that have worked for you or for other people that you've coached? Thanks for that question, Jamie. I'm thinking of what could be accessible to people as resources without undue effort. If people do have access to internet and internet connections, and they were to look up Tara Brock, B-R-A-C-H, her RAIN practice, which is an acronym, R-A-I-N, is actually posted on her website and is accessible. It's right there. And it's a practice that takes really very little time. It can take as long as you have, right, if you have longer, but it takes very little, similarly to what you were talking about, the opportunity to recognize what's there, to be able to acknowledge and accept it, to be able to be curious with it or inquire about it, to be able to have the experience of that and to consider what would be nourishing in the face of that right now. And so that would be a resource that people could move to. There's also through Dr. Dan Siegel's site, the Wheel of Awareness, and it has its own continuum. It goes from the very entry level for folks who have never done it before to more advanced levels. And it's a beautiful, beautiful tool. And again, it's right there. It's available. You don't have to wait to sign up for something that you may not be ready for yet. And it can be one of the cobblestones, again, that moves people along the path of their own well-being. Yes. Yeah. So I think of that. And I also think of honoring whatever creativity or artistic sensibility might rise within an individual. For, For me, you heard the Mary Oliver poem. For others, it might also be spending some time sketching or drawing or singing or playing their instrument or dancing or being in a physical place of the great arms of nature prayer, short or long, in whatever faith or spiritual arena they are informed by or is meaningful for them. And also those places, because of the cultivated presence of being able to share with other people in your life, to be able to share an embrace, to share a hug. Sometimes people can say, Can we share a 12-second hug together and just be here? And I would encourage folks listening, if they haven't tried that today and there is someone available, it feels safe to do that, to allow yourself to consider that because it's a way of cultivating the compassion and the kindness and really the love that ends up being part of what comes from that experience of being mindful and being present to oneself so we can be there for others 
in the way I know that you did and you were for your dear friend. Thank you, Jackie. You're welcome. I feel like this is a perfect place to stop. What do you think? Do you feel like we have anything unfinished that we should say? No, I really appreciate being here. My thought is let us close once more with the deep breath so that we all know on the exhale that there's more opportunity. Beautifully said. Let's do that. Okay. Let's do one more all together. Thank you so much for being here today. You're so welcome. I hope you enjoyed our time together as much as I did. I love Jackie so much. If you are inspired to try out some different mindfulness practices, please reach out and let me know what's working for you and what else you would like to explore in the way of self-care, mindfulness, and presence. I'm at jamie at lightattheendpod.com. That's J-A-M as in mom, I at lightattheendpod.com. And I would love to hear from you. I will share the links to the Wheel of Awareness and the RAIN practice that Jackie mentioned on our website at lightattheendpod.com, which is currently under construction but will be out soon. If you know someone who would benefit from this information, please share this episode with them. And if you appreciate what we are doing, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening and sharing your time with us. Please take care of yourself. Take time to breathe and conduit your feelings, take good care.